Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you in your living room or vehicle, wherever it is you're watching or listening. Again, it is always a privilege and an honor to uh, bring the Word of God to you. Praise God. So no matter how you're listening, whether it's uh, through Roku, Vimeo, podcasts, whatever it may be, uh, we're just grateful that you're connecting with us. Um, for all our locals, uh, we're keeping you posted on all the different services and what's going to happen. So keep an eye on some of our daily readings and different things that we're sending out. We'll hopefully get uh, uh, be able to uh, see you again here uh, uh, with some uh, local service type stuff here. So anyway, we'll keep you posted on that. Anyway, it's always a privilege and an honor to come to you and uh, to bring the word to you. Praise God. So we're thankful that you're here. What we're going to do since it's a Sunday service is we're going to go ahead and jump into an offering time. Amen. We kind of try to like to do that uh, with each Sunday service. And today... I'm going to come out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to go to verse 18. Of course, a lot of things being said right here, but I'm just going to kind of bring out maybe the a principle. We've been talking quite a bit in our offering times from week to week, talking about staying connected to God's economic, serv- uh, economic system, pardon me, and um, little things, just little keys. And This particular verse, in verse 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. In other words, it's just as true today as it ever was, praise God. So, uh, he says, you shall remember. Now, the reason he says you shall remember the Lord, obviously, is because sometimes they forget about the Lord. Amen. Sometimes they're, uh, you know, they're not keeping it in remembrance about who their source is. Amen. So if you're going to if you're going to stay connected to God's economic system, you're going to have to remember who your source is. Amen. Instead of, you know, thinking it's in your power or your own might uh, or, uh, you know, just forgetting all in all, you know, about God and what he can do. Sometimes what we forget about, you know, God in times past has proved himself or shown himself strong in some glorious way. And then we're sitting here, you know, going along and pretty soon you forget about it. And now you're over here, you know, uh, you know, forgetting that, uh, you know, to, to maintain the principles, you know, uh, you know, you've got to sow, you've got to trust God, you've got to believe, amen, you've got to keep your mouth right. These are all things that we've discussed over the last several weeks. And this one here says, you shall remember that the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power, I love that, who gives you power, the means or capacity, literally refers to being positioned, amen? So he'll give you the power or position you, amen, to get wealth. And that literally means monetary increase, substance, or riches, okay? So it means exactly what it sounds like. That he may establish or confirm his covenant. So one of the things that he said, his will, his word, uh, we could even say maybe his desire concerning your life, amen? And uh, so the key is this, and if you keep in mind or keep in remembrance that he's your source amen hallelujah and uh, you trust him and lean on him why because he's the one that's going to position you he's the one that's going to give you the means or the capacity to get wealth amen in other words you think about that it could be just making sure you're in the right place at the right time just making sure maybe uh, uh, the promotion comes your way the increase comes your way uh, the, the job comes your way. The contract uh, is yours to have, praise God. 
So the point being made that if you're trusting God as your source, understand that as you just keep following Him, looking to Him, leaning on Him, praise God, guess what? Hallelujah. You're the one that's going to be positioned for the increase. Praise God. Now remember, somebody's going to get that. Somebody's going to get that raise. Somebody's going to get that job. Somebody's going to get that contract. You know, somebody's going to be in that place or positioned in that place to have uh, what's called to you. So remember, somebody's going to get it. Well, it might as well be you, praise God. So just remember, praise God, to trust Him, to keep Him in remembrance, amen, to always look up, praise God, to always keep your faith engaged, amen, and trust Him for the increase, praise God. If you got your offering in hand, kind of like we do every week, uh, you know, Take your offering, whatever, and put it uh, as a point of contact here. Uh, for those that are giving, you might be just giving online or you might uh, be sending in an offering or whatever. Uh, some of you locals might drop it off kind of a thing. But uh, either way, no matter how we're doing it, try to find a place uh, or a way in any way that we can have a point of contact so I can believe God with you today. Amen? All right. So let's pray. Father, I give praise and glory right now. I thank you first and foremost for the faithfulness of your people, their willingness to honor you with their increase, to give of their substance. And Father, I thank you and praise you, amen, that according to your word, there's promises attached to our giving. For the tither, the windows of heaven will be open, pouring out such blessing it overtakes them, it overwhelms them, hallelujah, that the blessing is poured out, praise God, in abundance. The word even defines it as more than enough, praise God. So I thank you for the fullness of the blessing in complete manifestation in their lives, that the devourer has been rebuked for their sake. I thank you he'll not be able to steal from their fields, take of their increase or their profit any longer, that the holes in the pocket, so to speak, are being stitched up, sewn up, praise God, or closed up, and for that we give you praise. So, Father, I thank you for that. And for those given offerings today, I thank you all grace abounds toward them that they always have all sufficiency in all things, and they have an abundance for every good work, that when they give, it comes back pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto them. And so, Father, we give you praise, hallelujah, that you uh, uh, are the one that gives us the power, the means, the capacity to get wealth, that you position us for the increase and I give thanks for that. And we keep you in our remembrance. We trust in you as our source. And for that, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for the fullness of the blessing. Blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in our homes, blessed in our fields. Everything we touch prospers. We're the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. We're the lender, not the borrower. For all these things, we give you praise. Thank you for our harvest, for our inheritance, and the fullness of the blessing. And for that, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Today we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, over the last probably couple months here, we've been uh, on our Sunday services, have been talking about kingdom principles and uh, just some basics. I could maybe even say... Uh, you know, Christianity 101, you know, really, when you stop and you think about just some basic principles 
that work in our lives as children of God. And so one of the things that we need to have established or need to have working in our lives is a thing called gratitude. Amen. So today uh, we're going to talk about expressing gratitude. And so let me go ahead and give us a key verse here and we'll kind of dive into this. And I'm going to go to verse, uh, I think just for uh, verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always. Amplified says continually, praise God. Uh, so rejoice always. In other words, that ought to be kind of a, uh, a thing that's on the forefront for us. Amen. Always uh, be willing and ready to rejoice in God. It says pray without ceasing. In other words, have a, have a, a, you know, a, a prayer life that's consistent. All right. And it says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you in everything. Now, it didn't say for everything. It said, in everything. So in the midst, no matter what's going on, in everything, give thanks. So that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, you know, there's a lot of things that happen and go on that's not from God. You know, it is, it's just the enemy. It's something might be demonic. It might just be uh, people persecution type thing. It could be uh, pressures caused from this or from that, whatever it may be. It may not even remotely be from God but it's still something that you're in the middle of or in the midst of. So it's saying here that even in the midst of things, praise God, that you're called to still give thanks unto God. Why? Because it's the will of God. You know, I always kind of, you know, say these uh, things that I always kind of, to me, it just makes sense. You know, if somebody says, well, how do you know you're in the will of God? Well, if you're not giving God thanks, you're probably not in the will of God, you know, so you need to be praying, or pardon me, be thankful, amen, be uh, a people of gratitude, amen. There's got to be things uh, to give thanks for, praise God. I guarantee you there's things going on in your life you could give thanks for, and I guarantee you there are things in your life uh, that you've already experienced that you can continue to give thanks for, and I guarantee you there will be things ahead, praise God, that you can give thanks for, amen, and you can start doing it by faith, praise God. Amen. So it says here, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The word thanks, again, just means to be thankful or grateful. It speaks of an appreciation unto. It speaks of this, to speak praise or to express gratitude. And I think that's what I'm going to entitle this message today, to express gratitude. Now, why is that? Because it's about something being said. Amen. Somebody said, well, I got, I got a praise in my heart, or I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thankful on the inside. Well, if you're thankful on the inside, the Word says it ought to be coming out your mouth, praise God, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, praise God. The key, though, when we're talking about thanksgiving, we're talking about gratitude and appreciation, okay? It's good to have an appreciation on the inside, but it's even better when it's coming out your mouth, amen, Hallelujah. Well, you can make a difference, amen, with your words, amen. Now I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go to the book of Colossians. So we're going to back up here, a book, and we're going to look in uh, chapter 3. Praise God. God's good. Now, this definitely is a, a topic that, um, you know, we get on and, and talk about probably a couple times a year at least, all right? And to me, you can never hear it enough. 
you know, if anything, I like, I, I know I need to hear it more than once, uh, you know, a year. I've got to hear it quite often. I've got to keep it stirring in me, um, you know, with everything going on, especially, you know, times like we're in right now. You know, if you don't keep your head right, your heart right, and your mouth right, you're, you're going to end up in trouble, you know. So it's, it's uh, something that, uh, if anything, it's something maybe your pastor needs to hear, praise God, amen. So hopefully you all get something out of it too, amen. Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 17 says this, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, it's that same word, express gratitude, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I believe it's the, the message translation says, thanking God the Father every step of the way. In other words, no matter what we're doing, word, deed, action, whatever it is, we're, giving, we're looking to Him and we're giving Him thanks, amen, every step of the way. And to me, that's key, amen, all the time. There ought to be something we're constantly giving God thanks for. I always open my prayer time with God with thanks, amen. I always feel like that's key. I mean, I start with giving Him thanks, amen. Even when I'm believing for something that hasn't manifested, I start thanking Him for it. Amen. Things that maybe, uh, you know, that He's done uh, just recently or things He's even done in my past, sometimes just to keep myself stirred up, I begin to thank Him for it. Amen. In fact, let's, let's look at something since we're in the book of Colossians. Let's look at uh, chapter 1. We'll just do some key verses here. And I'm kind of jumping in the middle of some uh, statement here, but I think it's, it's worthy of, of looking at it, it says, giving thanks, I'm in chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks, that same word, to the Father who has, past tense, qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. In other words, we're giving Him thanks for something He's already, past tense, already done. Amen. He has qualified us, amen, uh, to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. What else has He done? It talks about that He's delivered us from the power of darkness. What else? Praise God. We have redemption through His blood. We have the forgiveness of sins. Amen. We've been uh, accepted in Him. These are all things that the Scriptures begin to share, amen, that He has already done for us. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, there's a list right there, a list that you can start giving Him thanks for. Amen. I mean, are you saved? Amen. Uh, you know, if, if you're not saved, well, let's get her done. You know, if you are saved, then let's keep it in remembrance. Let's keep it before your forethought, amen, and start giving Him thanks. It's a good thing to know, amen, that one day uh, you get to spend, uh, you know, all eternity in heaven, praise God, and not, and not uh, you know, well, you know, you know the, other, the other way ain't worth going, you know what I'm saying? So uh, you got, uh, you know, you're going to heaven, you uh, get to join the rest of the family of God, amen, see our patriarchs of faith. I mean, these are all things that get to happen because you've already, past tense, made a decision for Jesus Christ. Well, these are things you can start giving thanks for, amen. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it, here we go, with, here we go, thanksgiving. In other words, not only are we giving thanks for what He has done, this text here is talking about things that He's doing right now. Amen. So not only are we going to give thanks for what He has done, we're going to give Him thanks for things that He might be doing right now. I'm just trying to show you there are all kinds of ways and things that you can keep appreciation, keep gratitude stirring in you. Praise God. Let's look at another one. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 2 and 3, it says this. 
continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant or watchful in it with, here we go, thanksgiving, praise God. Meanwhile, praying always for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I've also or for which I am also in chains. So he's talking about here, be praying, amen, and giving thanks for something that he will do, all right? So I just, these are just some key verses that to me says, you know, you've always got something to express gratitude about. You've always got something that you can give thanks for, all right? For what he's done, for what he may be doing right now, Amen. For what you're believing God to do for you in the future. These are things that you can express gratitude, praise God. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm driving that word express gratitude. All right. All right. So let's look at something else. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13, please. Hebrews 13. Kind of establishing some things first. Hebrews 13, verses 15 and 16, it says, Therefore, by Him, let us, talking about Jesus, uh, let, let us continually offer, here we go, the sacrifice of praise to God. The sacrifice of praise to God. Now, it defines it, what that is, okay? So he's trying to explain what, what we're talking about here then. That is literally the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. But do not forget to do good and to share for with such, here we go, sacrifices, plural, right? God is well pleased. Now, a good uh, reason to read this text is not only is, is giving God praise, uh, you know, the, the fruit of your lips, giving thanks, amen. Not only is it a, a, a well-pleasing to God, but you have to also understand, praise God, that it's good use of our mouth. Amen. So I'm just establishing something here today, all right? That you're going to have to be, um, you're going to have to keep watch, in a sense. Guard your words, your mouth. In fact, um, the psalmist in Psalms 141 and 3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. Amen. Watch Amen. Keep watch over my lips. In other words, that when you begin to pray that kind of prayer, uh, God will kind of bring things to your attention. All of a sudden, you're talking one thing, and he's, He kind of just give you that little nudge, praise God, that uh, uh, you need to guard uh, what you're saying there. You need to maybe not be saying that or whatever. So that's what he means by keep, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep a watch over the doors of my lips. Now, why is that so important? Well, because according to Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, words are containers. They contain life. They contain death, the blessing, curse, all right, good, bad. Words are containers, all right. Uh, you know, even, even uh, Jesus said that by your words, in Matthew uh, 12, he said, by your words uh, you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. He even goes on to say later, a few chapters later in Matthew 15, he says that, that uh, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you, it's what comes out your mouth that defiles you. We also know by the book of uh, James, in fact, uh, James being uh, Jesus' half-brother, amen, grew up in the same house as Jesus, amen. And he writes in his book, 
in chapter 3 uh, that uh, in, in uh, I want to say verse 6, it says that the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles literally the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature, or in other words, all existence. Now, the reason I'm bringing that out is that your words are powerful. Okay, your words are creative force. They build things. They, they set things in motion. All right? And so when you're using your mouth to grumble or gripe and complain, okay, all you're doing is making things worse. But if you will begin to use your mouth, like he said there in Hebrews, amen, that it's the fruit of your lips giving thanks unto God. If you will use your mouth right, if you will express gratitude, you can begin to shift and change things for the better. You know, I want to say this, uh, you know, gratitude is a pretty powerful uh, principle in the kingdom, all right? Uh, you know, and it's, it's what you want working for you, all right? Uh, you know, this is a, that, that, that principle that just, it, that'll keep things moving forward for you, amen. Now, now, get this, gratitude doesn't deny the existence of negative things going on around us. All right? It doesn't deny the existence of negative things going on around us. But what it does deny is it denies its right to continue to exist around you. So now if you will use your mouth right and start giving thanks instead of murmur or gripe or complain or speak negative things, amen, if you will speak right things, words of life, Amen. Giving thanks. I don't care. I don't care how you cut it. That's just flat good doctrine. You know, giving thanks, giving honor, uh, giving gratitude, you know, expressing gratitude. I don't care how you how you cut that. That's just good doctrine. And, you know, there's nothing positive about being negative. So you might as well just get your mouth right and just start giving thanks. If you don't know what else to do, just say, you know what? I'm going to praise God anyhow. I'm going to give God thanks anyhow. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's just good. It's just good use of the mouth. All right. And so uh, we have done a many a sermon on the power of words and and your tongue and and uh, you know the the good or the bad that can come out of that. Well, you know, just a few references there and just shows you. You know, you can you can literally change uh, all existence. You can change your physical body just by your tongue, just by your words. All right. In fact, Hebrews 11, and I believe it's verse 3, he just said that all the, everything that you see in this natural realm was created by an unseen. And how did he do that then? Well, you go back to Genesis, it said, and God said, God said, God said, God said, and it was, and it was, and it was. I mean, that's how it worked. So what it was is the seen realm came into existence by words. Well, now you, you go into like 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, and it says that everything in this natural realm, in the seen realm, amen, is temporary, all right, is subject to change. Well, how does it change? If something around you is, isn't the way you like it, if it ain't what you want, well, how do you begin to change that? Well, one of the ways, it ain't the only way, but I'll tell you, one of the ways is definitely by your words, all right? You got to learn to speak words of life. So that's why it pays to express gratitude. That's why it pays to give thanks. If you don't know, that's why it's, 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 it's the will of God to do that. It's well-pleasing to him to do that, praise the Lord. 
And part of it is not just because he's, he's wanting you to, to, you know, constantly, you know, like he's, uh, you know, big on just hearing all your, all your thank you, thank you, thank you. That, that's not entirely what it is. Part of it is because what it begins to establish in your life, what it begins to change in your life. Now, God ought to be hearing thank you, amen, for everything he's done. But you have to, part of it is he's looking at your life saying this is how you change it. This is how you modify this or adjust this. See, everything in this, this natural realm is subject to change. And how you change it? By words. Amen. Praise God. I'm kind of getting way ahead of myself. Let's go to uh, Philippians and chapter 4, please. Philippians 4. Hope you're getting something here. You know, I'm asking again, uh, don't shut me off uh, because you, you, you think you've heard this before. But I'm telling you, this is something you got to constantly hear. And boy, you know, uh, with everything that's going on, you know, your mouth wants to, you know, give over to some, certain things. And you just have to say, you know what, I refuse to go there. Amen. Regardless of how much negative is happening around us, praise God, I still want to keep my, my, uh, my words going right. I still want to keep uh, the blessing moving in my life. I still want to maintain, uh, you know, the, the favor of God in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, Philippians 4. Let's go to, I think, verse 4. I'll just go ahead and start there. It just says, again, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Let your gentleness, and that word there means moderation, but it literally means a, a, an appropriate or proper emotional control under pressure. That's what that word refers to. So he's talking about that regardless of what's happening, okay, you're going to let your, uh, you know, proper emotional control, your gentleness be known to all men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. But it goes on to say, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. In other words, you know, refuse to be all anxious or, or filled with anxiety here, okay? Being stressed out, all right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, here we go, and supplication, here we go, with thanksgiving, all right? Expressing gratitude. Let your requests be made known to God. And then it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, that would preach right there because, you know, you think about this, everything that's going on, your head sometimes, you know, uh, starts to give you fits, all right? So I'd rather have the peace of God on the scene, amen. What's it say, verse 7? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, all right? All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. Well, why is that so important? Because everything around you wants, you, wants to stress you out. Everything around you wants you to get all full of anxiety, get all worked up, all right? And you know as well as I do, it's out there. It's, it's constantly pulling on you and pushing on you, all right? So what happens? Well, to me, gratitude brings change, okay? Let's look at it in this, in this particular text, okay? Instead of, instead of being caught up with anxiety, the peace of God comes on the scene. Well, how did that happen? Well, part of it is just with thanksgiving or expressing gratitude. Amen. Where you come out of, of being stressed, when you come out of anxiety, and you come into peace. Praise God. Wholeness, completeness, all right? Uh, when you're talking about the peace of God, we're talking about everything, everything whole, everything working, okay? Nothing missing, nothing broken is one of the definitions of that word. Amen. So everything functioning right, all right? So then that peace comes on the scene, and then it surpasses, 
your own thinking, your own understanding. So when your head's trying to get all worked up, all of a sudden the peace of God comes on the scene. Hallelujah. So you just change the atmosphere, so to speak. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at another one. Let's look at Second uh, Corinthians here, chapter 2. Second Corinthians, chapter 2, please. And I'm going to go to verse 14 in this chapter. And it just says this. Now thanks, here we go, be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. So thanks be to God who, here we go, always leads us in triumph. Now you might be saying, well, right now i got nothing but trouble. Well, let's change it. All right, I got nothing but, but, uh, but a bunch of issues and problems going on. I mean, it just seems like there's just pressure everywhere. All right, I, I, what, 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 well, what do you start doing? You start giving him thanks. Well, what'll happen? What comes out of that? Well, this, it says triumph comes out of it. What it, it even says literally that, that will lead you in triumph. So you think about it now, start fitting all the, the pieces of the puzzle, so to speak, when it comes time to the area of, of gratitude or thanks, that when you begin to give thanks, to express gratitude, okay, what begins to happen now is start the peace of God comes on the scene. And when the peace of God comes on the scene, pretty soon God now is beginning to lead and show you things. Next thing you know, you're being led into triumph. That's victory, man. That's what you want, right? Okay, so no matter what's going on, you're still going to walk in triumph. Why? Because you were willing that even in the midst of the trouble, the pressure, the issues, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, you're still willing to give God thanks regardless of what's going on in the midst of all of it, giving him thanks, praise God. Why? Because it's the will of God for you. Amen. Why? Because it'll change things in your life. Hallelujah. It'll change your surroundings. It'll change the atmosphere. It'll change you. Hallelujah. It'll change all existence, according to the scriptures, just by getting your words right. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go to verse 57. But thanks be to God again, right? Thanks be to God, same word, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So now we're seeing here that there are things to do. So you're going to have to be steadfast. You're going to have to be immovable, praise God. But it gives you a key. It says that if you will uh, be thankful, all right, it says he gives you the victory. You're already going into this thing. I mean, if you notice, verse 57 is in front of verse 58, all right? So we have things that maybe need to be done, that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So we know there are things that need to be done. But he says, listen, you might as well go into this thing with the victory. You might as well already have the victory when you, when you start moving forward in what you're called to do. You got this happening and that going on. You're raising a family. You got, you got a job. You got, you got your church. You got, you got things that you do within the kingdom of God. You're helping with outreaches. You're helping over here and helping over here. You're serving here and serving there, doing this and doing that. Well, heck, you might as well have the victory going into all this. Amen. Well, how does that happen? With thanks. How does that happen? 
expressing gratitude. Remember we talked about earlier? We're not only going to give him thanks for what he has done, not only giving him thanks for what he is doing, but we're going to start giving him thanks for what he's about to do. Amen. So, the, the, you know, you might as well, if you're going to serve God and move forward in the things of God, well, you might as well do it with a thankful heart and a thankful mouth, praise God. You got to get it coming out your mouth. Amen. All right, man, you might as well set the stage, so to speak. Amen. Get things, uh, you know, ahead of you. Begin to already moved in the right place and everything positioned right. And, uh, you know, things already moving, uh, you know, and, and, and starting to uh, be adjusted and changed and made way for you. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, how's that happen? Well, you get the right words coming out. And part of them right words, praise God, is thanks, is gratitude, is appreciation toward God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at another one. Let's go to John chapter 6. Maybe we'll read a story or two here yet. John chapter 6, just to kind of bring out the, the principle here. John 6, and we got really a, um, one of those um, uh, miracle services, so to speak. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Fact, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, it might be... Um, one of the only uh, miracles that's recorded in all the Gospels, I believe it is. So, you know, there's something to be said about it. And so what we have here, let's go to verse, uh, I think I might have put verse 4. We'll start there. It says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, uh, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this... Uh, he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered and said, Well, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, uh, that every one of them may, may have a little. In other words, that's going to cost quite a bit. There's going to have to be a lot. In fact, some of the other translations even, or I mean, parties, some of the other Gospels bring out, you know, where are we going to go to find this much? Okay? I mean, I don't even know if the stores downtown got enough bread to feed this group, you know. He goes on to say, uh, one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad, you know, a young fellow here, amen, who, uh, who has five loaves, or pardon me, five barley loaves, amen, and two small fish. But what is that among so many? And then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. In other words, so obviously it's a grassy area. And so the men sat down in number about 5,000. So we don't know there could be well over that. But we know 5,000 men. Okay, so we don't know how many total there is, all right, there's, but we know thousands upon thousands of people here. And Jesus took the loaves, I like this, verse 11. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, here we go, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, okay? And likewise of the fish as much as they, they all wanted, right? And when they were filled... He said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up, filled uh, 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over uh, by those who had eaten. And then those men who had, uh, when they had seen the sign, amen, that Jesus did, amen, they, they, this is what they said. This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Because he fed, you know, thousands of people with a few loaves and a few fish. Amen. Now, the key, though, again, what did he do? Well, 
Somebody says, well, he prayed over it. Well, he did pray over it, but it was real specific. It said he gave thanks. Amen. He broke the loaves. One of the, one of the gospels, he broke the loaves, lifted them up, and he gave thanks. Amen. He gave appreciation. He expressed appreciation to God. Now, couldn't you imagine just if you were in that situation, okay, uh, like it says in that, that last verse I read there, they all saw it. This is a, what a sign. Man, it was, it was phenomenal, all right? So they're all around. You know, he, he wants to feed them all, sets them all down, getting ready to feed thousands of people, and all he's got is, you know, a few loaves and a few fish. Okay, so what does he do? He, in front of all of them, breaks the bread, holds it up before God, amen, and gives thanks. Shows appreciation, speaks appreciation, speaks gratitude, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can imagine when everybody's standing there thinking, okay, what's going to happen here, you know? You know, they're all thinking, okay, you know, we're all, you know, what, you know, what, what, you know, there ain't near enough here to feed but, but a handful of people. But all of a sudden, then he turns in, he hands it to the disciples, they turn and begin to hand it out, and they all get to experience a great miracle. Why? Because somebody was willing to stand before God and express gratitude. Amen. That was a big key. All right? And so, giving thanks. So, what does that mean? Well, you know, God can take nothing and make something out of it. You know, you think about it, okay? Uh, he can take a handful of things and turn it into enough to feed thousands. What could he do in your life? All right? What could he do? See, gratitude can change nothing into something, can change uh, something, uh, make something insignificant to something magnificent, we could say. All right? Something immaterial to impressive. I mean, I don't, I don't care how you kind of cut this thing. It, it, this thing is, is a pretty phenomenal thing. And he gave thanks. He gave thanks, turned, and handed it. And then when they turned and handed it, it just began to multiply. What a miracle. What a miracle. Phenomenal, phenomenal sign. Praise God. But to me, a big key of that was the giving of thanks. Amen. Could take something so small and insignificant and make something pretty impressive with it. Amen. And they end up taking up, you know, at the end, they took up more than what they started with. So, that, I mean, that's something, too. Isn't that amazing? I thought, wow, you know, what a, what, a, what a good God. Amen. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke. Let's look at one in Luke. Luke 17, please. Hallelujah. Verse 11, it says, Now it happened, as he went to Jerusalem, uh, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, okay, who stood afar off. Okay, so in other words, he's, he's entering the city. Uh, you know, we got, uh, you know, there's usually a, you know, depending on, you know, if there were lepers there or not, but in this particular village or this, this town, there were lepers. So there's usually a leper colony outside the city. Okay, they're not allowed in the city, but if they ever con, uh, uh, con, you know, get that disease, contract that disease, I don't know if I said that right, but anyway, uh, if, they, if they get that disease, then usually what it is, they're sent out, of the edge of the town to the, to the leper colony because it is, uh, you know, it can be passed on. They, the people, it's, people contact it pretty easy, uh, you know, so it's, it's something that they want to make, try to shut it down, all right? So what they do is they go out into a leper colony. So he's coming into town. Here's these lepers. There's 10 lepers, all 
all right? And they're, they're, they're wanting a miracle, all right? It just says they want mercy is what they ask for. It says this, um, verse uh, uh, 13 now, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And, it, and so it was that as they went, all right, so they did what he asked them to do, which is a key, key thing when you start talking about faith, okay? So they, when they followed through with what he said to do, the word says they were cleansed. That word there means uh, purged or purified or made clean, okay? So when they, they go, now again, this disease, it's a, it's a disease that eats the flesh. And um, I think from, from what I've read in the scriptures, um, it also, you know, it, it, you can see it on the skin. It's like it's a, a, a white uh, look. So they can tell when somebody has, has uh, you know, got that disease, okay? Somehow they've, they've got it on, on them. You can see it on their skin, okay? And it eats away at the appendages. So like fingers, toes, ears, nose. See, it'll, it'll eat away at their flesh. It's a flesh-eating disease, Okay, so it's a nasty thing. Okay, so when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, the reason he did that is because it was only the priest of that community who could give them the go ahead that if they could look at that individual and tell whether the disease had ceased, because they could tell by looking, all right, you know, looking at their flesh, they could tell and they they could then give the, oh, the okay as far as going back into society or back to their homes, their families, all right? Because I guess it could happen, right? So he says, you got to go to the priest and show yourself to them, and they'll be able to tell by looking at you that, yeah, okay, that disease has ceased in your body. And then they get the go-ahead to go home, all right? Now hang on to that, all right? So he, he's asked them to go. And show themselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15 now. But one of them, one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, he returned to Jesus, right? And with a loud voice began to glorify God. And he fell down at, on his face at Jesus' feet. And it said, giving him thanks. In other words, expressing gratitude. All right? Appreciation. All right, giving him thanks. And the word even says he was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner. All right, all right. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? He's asking the question. But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? I mean, obviously, you know, you stop and you think about it. It must have been pretty impressive that this, uh, this Samaritan came and did what he did, and yet the rest of them didn't. I mean, he, he, he mentions it. You know, uh, you know he, it, it, must have been, it must have been important. So this man is at his feet right now, giving him thanks, expressing gratitude for what he had done. All right? So what happens? Well, verse 19 and he said to him, Arise and now go your way. He didn't send him off back to the priest. He said, Go your way. And he said this He said, Your faith, now listen, your faith has made you well or whole. 
Greek word sozo. It just it means whole or complete. Okay, the full meal deal. But now he doesn't have to go to the priest. He can go his own way. Well, what happened? Well, according to this, he was made whole. Not just cleansed. It wasn't just that the disease has ceased now on the body. He now, whatever that man was missing, okay, if he was missing fingers, an ear, okay, part of his nose or something, okay, well, I'm not trying to get too graphic, but it's just, I mean, it's a nasty disease. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't need to go to the priest because if he goes to the priest, the priest is going to look at him and says, it doesn't even look like you ever had it because that's exactly right. See, something happened. He said, your faith has made you whole. What did he do that expressed his faith? It was an expression of gratitude. He brought thanks. Amen. He brought praise and appreciation toward him. And so what it did, it was then his faith. Amen. Being extended. Amen. And what he got was to be made whole. See, that's kind of this thing when you start talking about about the power of thanks, the power of gratitude, that it'll change an atmosphere. It'll change a circumstance. It'll change you. It'll change your physical body. It'll change literally, as as James said, all of existence around you. You can literally change everything by just giving thanks unto God. Just giving thanks. It's amazing how much power is in giving thanks. And even to this, this leper, this foreigner, this Samaritan, praise God, by giving thanks was an expression of faith unto God. Amen. As a result of it, it made him whole. Praise God. There's power in thanks. There's power in gratitude. That's why it doesn't pay to, to grumble and gripe. It doesn't pay to, to, to just speak negative things all the time. And just, it just has, there's just nothing, nothing profitable in that. See, giving thanks can change everything around you. Whereas the opposite, with no gratitude, no thanks, and maybe some murmuring, griping, it'll just make everything worse. Well, maybe we need to look at some of that too. So let's, uh, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1, please. Hope you're getting something here. Hope I'm not boring you. Praise the Lord. Doc Barkley, um, good friend and a wonderful uh, man of God, um, years ago made a, a statement. He said that, um, he said, every door of life, I think I'm saying this right, every door of life swings on the hinges of gratitude. So, you know, we got life, you got death, you got blessing, the curse. But he says every door of life, in other words, if you want life manifested in your life, if you want the blessing manifested, the door to life any, of anything, going anywhere into any area of your life, if you want life and life abundant, if you want the blessing manifesting, uh, manifested, okay, the doorway to that is hinged on gratitude. I thought that was powerful. Amen. And it, it spoke to me. I kind of had a little spin on that. And my, my, my words would be this, okay? Every door to death or curse is hinged on grumbling. 
okay? So it would be just the opposite. And really, it all, it all, it's, it's accurate because everything, the atmosphere around you, things around you, the blessing, the curse, a lot of that's hinged on whether you're going to be grateful or not be grateful, whether you're going uh, to speak words of thanks or words of complaining or grumbling, all right? Anyway, I'm kind of, again, getting ahead of myself, but I just, uh, you know, I can't say it enough that, you know, gratitude, when we talk about gratitude, gratitude doesn't deny the existence of negative things around us. See, sometimes we talk about these things because we, you know, they're there, so we think, you know, I'm justified because, I, you know, all this stuff's happening. Well, listen, we're not denying the existence of that negative thing or things or circumstances. We're not denying its existence. What we're denying is its right to continue to exist in your life. See, if you will maintain gratitude, you can shift that. You can change that. You can turn that thing around. Literally can make something out of nothing. Do a, a glorious miracle just through gratitude, just through thanks. Praise the Lord. All right, anyway, Romans 1. We'll kind of, kind of look at the other side of this for a little bit. <clears throat> Uh, I'm, again, kind of jumping in the middle here, but for sake of time, verse 20, it just says this. This is Romans 1 and verse 20. For since the creation of the world, in other words, since everything's been, you know, since the creation, since the beginning, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. In other words, we, every, you, all you got to do is just look around, and you know there's a God. I mean, you know, somebody that would look around and get honest and, and, and you know, with himself, they're going to say, there is a God. I mean, all you got to do is just look how a body's made or look at an eyeball and just look and say, wow, it's amazing how intricate all that is or hold a, a newborn baby or, you know, or your, uh, you know, a calf or anything being born into this earth, you know, and you think, wow, isn't that phenomenal? You know, you look up in the, you know, we live close to mountains. So you look, uh, you know, look uh, over the horizon, you just see mountains, you know, uh, you know, snow uh, peaked mountains, you know, and you think, man, there's a God, man. And you, and you can't you can't look at any of these things like that without you know without saying man there is there is a creator, and that's what he's talking about that, that there's a creator. You just look around, you can see that, all right. But then it goes on. It said this, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Well, who's without excuse? Well, the people they're talking about in context, all right. So in other words, they're uh oh something's going on. They're a little upset or grumbly or whatever it is. Here we go. Because although they knew God and this particular group, it's talking about somebody that already, that's even received him. All right. Isn't that amazing? They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but then became futile, futile in their thoughts, futile or futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. The point I'm trying to make is, okay, we're even talking about people who knew God, okay? You can't deny that there, that there is a God. They can see it, but they're sitting here because of what they begin to set their mind on. Pretty soon, their thoughts get off. They're murmuring. They're griping. They're complaining. And what happened was it got worse and worse for them. Now, the point I'm trying to make is you want to go down a foolish road? Just start grumbling. Just start griping. Just start complaining. You know, just start putting your, your thoughts out there about everything that's going bad. 
And again, we're not denying the existence of it. You can sit and make a list of everything going wrong, or you can make a list of everything going right. That's up to you. But personally, I think we might as well just keep our mindset on the things that are right. Amen. So that we can keep changing the things that are wrong. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at another uh, reference here. Go back to Philippians. Hallelujah. Back to Philippians. This time I'm going to go to chapter 2. Philippians 2. And I'm going to go to verse, well, verse 14 and 15. It just says this, Do all things without complaining and disputing, grumbling and complaining, I think a cross-reference says, all right, that you do not become, here we go, blameless, that you may, pardon me, that you may become blameless and harmless Amen. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And you think, well, what's, what's that have to do? You know, well, okay, the opposite of, of gratitude is going to be complaining. Okay? So you're not grateful, but instead you're upset about everything wrong. Well, the problem that happens with that is it not only affects your life, it affects everybody around you. Now, in this particular text, it says this, okay, you'll, you'll affect your light. You're called to be a light among the world. Well, the problem is that when you grumble and gripe, now, you don't, you're, now you're not being a bright light you know, amongst the world. Now you're, you're, you're being them. Now you're, you're, you're looking more like the world. Listen, the world's going to grumble, gripe, and complain. That's what they do. All right? But that ain't, that ain't for you and me as a child of God. We have no, no business griping and complaining about everything. And listen, we're, again, we're, we're not denying the existence of some things that are going on. And believe me, I don't, there's some things going on I don't like either. All right? I'm not happy about some of them things. But it's like, you know what? We can either get caught up in that and make things worse. We try to set our mind on the right thing, praise God. And begin to bring change. At least in the midst of everything else out there, okay, your life is still heading down the right road, amen, which then affects, amen, how you're seen, how you are out there amongst the world, amen. They look at you and still see the peace of God on you. They still see the favor of God on you. They still see the blessing uh, operating in your life. They're wondering, when, how come all this is still going on good for you? Why is that? Well, because I'm keeping my mouth right. Oh, hallelujah. Keeping my words right. I'd rather give thanks than grumble and complain. Praise the Lord. Let's look at another one here. Let's go um, Deuteronomy. Let's go, we'll grab a couple of them out of the Old Covenant. Deuteronomy chapter 1, please. Deuteronomy 1. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 1. And I'm just going to, uh, verse 27, um, of course, it's talking about the children of Israel, and really they ended up in trouble, right? Uh, wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. And it said this, and you complained in your tents. Deuteronomy 1.27, you complained in your tents. Okay, this is also uh, re-quoted in, in the book of Psalms. But it says this, you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. 
Well, first off, that, that ain't even remotely right, all right? God delivered them from Egypt because of His love for them, not, not because He was trying to do them any harm. The problem was all the issues and problems in their life continued because of their mouth. That instead of giving thanks, they grumbled. All right, instead of being thankful, I mean, water coming out of a rock, manna falling from heaven every day, quail coming through the camp every day, all right, a, a, a pillar of cloud by day leading them, a pillar of fire by night. I mean, we're talking about, and literally uh, at any given time, the tent of meetings on the edge of town, on the, or probably the edge of the camp, all right, and at any given time, the word's clear, anybody could have went, all right, and worshiped God. Moses went, Joshua went, Joshua would hang out there on a consistent basis. And the word said they all could do that. Isn't that amazing? And yet they, 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 all this going on, and instead they'd go back into their tents and gripe okay, about something they didn't like. All right? Now, don't get me wrong, living in a desert, I mean, it's probably dusty. It's probably, you know, uh, maybe the, uh, it isn't always uh, 100%, uh, you know, the way you want it. But you know what? It's better than, than making bricks in Egypt. It's better than being whipped on the back because you're not moving fast enough. It's better than being a slave to some Egyptians, people that don't even know God, and people trying to take away, uh, you know, their, uh, their, their right to honor God. I mean, all kinds of things. But what they focus on is, you know, the little things that, that they didn't like. So they grumbled about it. And the Word says they grumbled in their tents. Now, listen, I'm not trying to hammer on all these things. I'm just saying that, see, it isn't just when you come to church. You know, we, you can come to church and you can get praising and lift your hands and, and you know, say your amens as the, as the preacher man's preaching. And, and, you know, you can say praise the Lord and glory to God in your conversations because we all know, you know, Christianese and, and that's all wonderful and it sounds right. And, and, and you should say those things. Don't get me wrong. But, but <clears throat> it's not about what you're saying and doing when you're in the church house. It's about what you're saying when you're out and about. It's about what you're saying when you're at home about what you're saying in your bedchambers. Are you hearing me? See, they, in their tents, okay? See, the, the husband and wife think it's okay. We're in our tents. We can say what we want. Listen, 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 listen. Words are powerful. And grumbling and griping and complaining will just make things worse. Or you could be thankful. You could express gratitude. Amen. Sometimes it is. It's a sacrifice of praise. Okay, a lot going on. So you Offer God a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to thank God anyhow. Praise God. Amen. No, oh, hallelujah. We're in Deuteronomy. Let's look at another one here. Chapter 28. I like this one just because, you know, we're talking about the blessing or the curse. Okay. Uh, the first, uh, you know, Deuteronomy 28, it's uh, defining really the blessing and the curse. And uh, really, it's just like the verse, uh, first uh you know, 13, 14 verses that talk about the blessing. And then from like verse 15 on to the end of the chapter, which is about, what is it, 68 verses in this chapter. So we're talking about a lot of verses that deal with the curse. Well, you start reading about the curse. In fact, I challenge you to do that. And nobody wants to sit and meditate on the curse. But when you start realizing what's actually 
the curse. You know, health issues, family problems, marital problems, kid problems, okay, uh, you know, business problems, business dealings that are going south, okay, all these kind of things that are listed as part of the curse. Things that we can see every day. You know, this isn't just something that was back in Moses' time. This is stuff that we, we still see around every day. And so he says a, a statement here in the midst of the curse part. He's talking about verse 47. He says this, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart, which just means gratitude. When you look it up, it means gratitude. You didn't serve the Lord with joy, and we could say gratitude for the abundance of everything. And what's that mean? It just means this. You didn't take the time to just give God thanks for what is done, for what He has done, amen, for what He is doing, amen. Instead, you're, instead of counting, you know, the Word talks about counting your blessings, right? Okay, you know, and, and a lot of times we even got songs and things, that, you know, about counting your blessing, all right? And then, well, count the blessing, right? Count what God's doing. Amen. Start making account of that instead of the things that you feel ain't going right. It's just that simple. I mean, you know, we're all, this is a word we all need to hear and probably hear constantly. But it's a, it's a, it's a, a biblical principle, a kingdom principle, okay, about what you do with your mouth. You can either give, you can express gratitude or you can grumble, gripe, and complain. You can even talk about what God has done and is doing and what you're believing Him to do, or you can talk about every little thing that you don't like and how bad and ugly everything is. And, and again, we're, we're not denying the existence of all the negative things. But if you want to change those things, as far as your household is concerned, in this case, he's literally talking about the blessing and the curse. So the difference in this verse between the blessing manifesting in your life and the curse manifesting, the difference is just by what you do with your mouth. Are you going to be grateful or are you going to be a grumbler? That's your choice. And that determines, at least according to this, okay, there's other things here too, but according to that verse, that's one of the things that determines whether the curse is going to operate in your household by grumbling by not being grateful. All right, all right. Well, you, people are getting, probably thinking, whew, I think we had enough of that. Well, let's, let's look at a couple things in Psalms, and I'll let you go. Psalms chapter 30, or probably 95, Psalms 95. It says, O come, verse 1, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before, here we go, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms, for the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Let us shout joyfully, right? Let us be thankful, says here. All right. It says you come into His presence with thanksgiving, with expressing gratitude and appreciation. Let's look at Psalms 100. Just kind of, again, kind of confirms the same thing. And then let me make my statement concerning this. Verse 1 of Psalms 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all your lands. Serve the Lord, here we go, with gladness. See, coming before His presence with singing. That literally means triumphant singing or joyful singing. Okay, but it's talking about the same thing, being thankful. Know that the Lord, He is God, 
It is He who made us, not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates. Okay, he's talking about coming into His courtyards, right? With thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Now the key that I'm trying to bring out here, that being thankful and grateful is how you enter into presence. To me, that's why right here, this is one of those reasons why I like to start my prayer time with thanks. Just simple thank yous. In fact, I think one of these translations, I don't know if I wrote it down, but I believe it's like the message. It just says that you enter into his presence with the password, thank you. I like that. I think that's how it says, with the password, thank you. That's simple. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for bringing wholeness to my household. Thank you, Lord, that I'm delivered, that I'm redeemed, that I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, amen, for moving on behalf of my family. Thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do in my life and in my family. I mean, we can just go on and on, but just, just entering into God's presence with thanks, with gratitude. So now just, I just want to say this, okay? I've closed my Bible, all right? So that means we're wrapping it up right here, all right? But I'm going to say this. If the bringing of thanks causes you to enter into His gates, into His courtyards, into His presence, what do you think grumbling and gripe opens the door to? What kind of atmosphere of presence do you step in with that? It's just a thought. Because there's other gates and there's other courtyards and there's other at, you know, another atmosphere. Okay, there's light, there's dark. Okay. And you have to understand that, okay, your giving of thanks can bring you into the presence of God. Well, what about the murmur and griping? What, do you, what kind of presence are you bringing in there? What, what are you stepping into there? What are you opening up the door to? What kind of atmosphere are you creating? See, these are things to think about. That when the temptation is to grumble, gripe, and complain, understand that you might be opening the door to something you don't want to open the door to. That you literally could be making things worse by doing this. And many times what happens, see, somehow or another, we think we're justified. Because we're going through this right now. And so we think we're justified in our words, okay, in our murmur and gripe and our complaining. And in all honesty, all you're doing is making things worse. So what you have to purpose to do is to say, you know what, I'm not going to get caught up in that. I refuse to go down that road and think that way and talk that way. I'm not denying it's going on, but I, I, just can't, I just can't give it place in my life. I'd rather give God place, the presence of God, give Him place in my life and my household. Well, one sure way of doing that is by expressing gratitude, expressing thanks. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for the people of God who had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you once again for even opening the eyes of our understanding that we could see things 
as you see it. That we can begin to see that the keys, these kingdom principles, these keys of the kingdom, and this one today of giving thanks, how important it is for a day-to-day walk, amen, of speaking thanks unto God. And Father, I give you praise and thanks for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're about to do in our lives. Hallelujah, in my life, in their lives, we give praise. Father, forgive us for the murmur and gripe and complaining. Forgive us for giving, giving place to that stuff. Father, I thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive, and we receive that. We thank you for that. We give you praise for that. And from here on, Lord, we choose, hallelujah, your presence. We choose to give you place, hallelujah, through an attitude of gratitude, so to speak, hallelujah, through expression of thanks, expression of gratitude and appreciation. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I call you blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.